everyone, it's Debbie McGee, known as the lovely Debbie McGee. It's my brand new podcast, Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee, in which you will find out whether I'm really lovely or not, or whether it's just a myth. But I hope that you'll join me every week to hear different stories from my life. You know, what motivates me, what's happened to me, who I've met, and, uh, you know, how I met my late husband, Paul Daniels. That's in Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Hello, so what's coming up on this podcast? Well, I'll be telling you about my first audition for the Paul Daniels TV show and how I didn't get the job. But I'll also be telling you how I eventually did get the job as an assistant on the show. Also, what happened at the Vicar's Tea Party? Mm-hmm. Working at the Prince of Wales Theatre, some of the famous names that came along to see the show. And it's a royal knockout. What went on during the day, but also what went on after the show had finished. Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Hello everyone, it's Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee, number two. Um, Welcome back if you listened to the first one. Um, Survived another week in lockdown. I have to say though, I don't know if you're like me, that I was determined to make the most of it and keep myself really busy. Uh, But I've got about half done what I was hoping to do, Um, mainly because I get distracted and think, oh, I think I I fancy another cuppa and I put the kettle on. But I have survived a week without spilling a cup of tea. But I did knock over a glass of wine the other night, which was much more upsetting, I have to say. Um, What's made me happy this week? Following the story of Captain Tom Moore, the 99-year-old that wanted to raise £1,000 for the NHS by walking 100 laps around his garden before his um, 100th birthday and has now raised well over £20 million. I mean, it's just incredible. And so, you know, it gives you a glow, doesn't it? A real feel-good factor amongst all the sadness that we're hearing. And um, I did get the lawnmower out one day this week and I will say that after I've been cutting for an hour, I looked at my phone to see how many steps I'd made and I'd already walked over 6,000 steps. So, I'm now saying, right, I will cut the grass regularly because it's like going for a walk, except at the end of it, you've actually achieved something. So in my book, that's a a good thing to do. So um, that's one of the things I've been up to. What else have I been up to this week? Mm, Well, I was sort of trying to think of what stories to tell you in my podcast, and I've filmed lots of little films for charities. And actually, they can take quite a long time because finding somewhere to lean your phone and decide what to say and things like that. And then lots of um, cleaning and decluttering jobs around the house. But I haven't had a bit of a disaster with my um, growing my vegetables from seed, which I usually buy the little plug plants because I was so excited. They were doing so well. But in all that hot weather, they got a bit too hot in the greenhouse. So some of the um, salad leaves have burnt the edges of the leaves and the broccoli but the cucumbers still doing well and so is my chilies and what else have I oh and the runner beans are actually amazing in five days they were about two inches high so I can thoroughly recommend growing them I'm gonna have to pop them on this uh, next week now 
last week uh, we did jump around a bit but I was telling you how I got my first job with my late husband Paul Daniels in Great Yarmouth following that I did Bradford um, Panto and um, then after that I auditioned for Paul's TV show I think in about the February or something of that year and uh, he never got involved with choosing assistants he let his TV producer and director choose so I went along to the BBC and had this sort of interview and things but I never got it um so that summer I did do Paul's summer season in Bournemouth which was lovely at the pavilion and the one thing that really sticks out in my mind about that which is nothing to do with the show was the Vicar's Tea Party now you might ask me why the Vicar's Tea Party Debbie well because tea was two boiled eggs with um, bread soldiers and a cup of tea followed by a piece of cake and then you played croquet in the garden and it was so midsummer murders or maybe vigor of diddly but dibbly rather not diddly dibbly um but it was the fact that we had two boiled eggs because i i don't think anyone since has ever given me that and i don't think anyone before that i'd always had boiled eggs as my breakfast um so it was sort of something just a bit unusual anyway after that um I was chosen to, with another girl, to go and audition for a choreographer that Paul was going to be going into the Prince of Wales Theatre in London West End with his own one-man show with, um, I think it was two or three acts and some dancers. And so two of us were chosen to go and audition for a different choreographer for that show. And we both got it. The other girl was called um, Angela Laws, who became a trapeze artist eventually. And... um, So after Bournemouth finished, I had about six weeks, I think, before we started rehearsing at the Prince of Wales Theatre. And if you've ever been to the Prince of Wales Theatre, I just love that theatre. The bar is downstairs, sort of in a basement, and it's very big. So that's where we rehearsed during the day. And then at night, Tommy Steele's one-man show was on. And I went to see it every single night. It was so fantastic. I just absolutely loved it and years later I got to meet Tommy and you know gosh what a talent so um, exciting times and while we were at the Prince of Wales Theatre I mean when you do a show in the West End or on Broadway lots of other people in the business um, come to see the shows and we had some incredible people come along including James Cagney which only people of a certain age will have heard of but he was one of the biggest movie stars from about the beginning of the talkies um and then Ingrid Bergman who was in a film called The Inn of the Sixth Happiness and it was a true story she played this lady and it was the lady's life and Paul had actually met this woman and Ingrid never had and uh, so when Ingrid came backstage to say hello to Paul he was able to tell her the story and she was just absolutely in awe and I can remember another night uh, Sir Alec Guinness came uh, Star Wars fame and gosh hundreds of other movies and um, Paul at the end of the show wouldn't name people but he'd say you know we have you know somebody in and that night he said you know we have a legend in show business in you know one of our very well-known actors and um, Sir Alec wrote to Paul afterwards and said like everyone else Paul I was looking around to see who was in (laughs) 
not realising it was me. Um, and then another night, Michael Caine was in. And I can remember because we were told before the show that Michael was in. And so I was um, standing side stage, peeking through the curtains before the show started. And I, he was in the fourth row, right in the middle with his family. And he really stood out because he was so tall and wore those very thick-rimmed glasses in those days. And I'm sure most of you would know who Michael Caine is. Um, and one just last story about the Prince of Wales Theatre was that one night, it, during the second act, Paul used to ask the audience if they wanted to ask a question. And if they did, put their hands up. And this man put his hand up. And Paul said, yes, you know. And he went, this is not Evita. And he was a tourist. And he'd bought a ticket for Evita, which was on at the Prince Edward Theatre. And we were on at the Prince of Wales Theatre. And it just so happened that that one seat was free that night. And so when they, he'd come into the theatre, they obviously hadn't really read his ticket. They'd just read the seat number. So he was shown to his seat. So he got to see a magic show instead of Evita, poor thing. So um, during the Prince of Wales Theatre, the producer, John Fisher, of Poole's uh, magic show, for a long time he was the producer, he came to watch the Prince of Wales show and contacted my agent afterwards and asked if I would like to become an assistant on the next series of the Paul Daniels magic show, which was 1982. So my first ever episode of the Paul Daniels magic show went out on the 2nd of October 1982. Now, between finishing at the Prince of Wales Theatre, which was in the February of that year, um, and starting the television rehearsals, um, Paul invited me to go on a tour around the world with him, where he was taking photographs for British Airways. And so we had, we went on this three-month world trip, which I will tell you about in the next podcast, because there's too many stories to tell you of what went on. And the show that we did when we got back to London, the next night we had to do a big gala show in London, and I will tell you all about that next time. So, but I started the TV show on the 2nd of October, it went out, and I did um, a trick called Harbin Soaring in Half, where I was put in two crates and then seven pieces of perspex were put in at angles, you know, as if they were severing me. And during rehearsals, Paul locked me in it and I wouldn't be able to get out myself. And then all I could hear was, OK, everybody, take a 15 minute coffee break, because he was always playing jokes on everyone. So this was a joke on me thinking I was locked inside. So I sort of could guess what was to come in the future. Um, I'll be telling you more stories about the TV show and different things that happened and people we had on it, you know, in the coming weeks in my podcast. Um, but now it's time, I think, to get to a royal story. Now, many years ago, there was a programme called It's a Knockout. And it was quite a few teams of people that generally were sports people. And it was like a giant obstacle course of different games that they had to join in and they were dressed up in fancy dress for each game so Prince Edward this particular year had an idea that he could do a royal one have four royals as team captains and um they would raise money for charity and all the teams would be famous people 
So Paul was asked if he would be the judge and he had to dress in um, a similar outfit to what the Queen wears for the opening of um, Parliament. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why I laughed then. Um, You know, with a big ermine collar and a funny hat. And um, so the day before, um, and it was early on, we weren't um, married, but we'd been doing a cabaret the night before close by to where it was going to be filmed, which was Alton Towers near Stoke. Um, We had to get there at seven o'clock in the morning I can remember it's pouring with rain I very soon looked like a drowned rat and um, I wasn't in it so I was just hanging around watching all the rehearsals for the morning but when it got to lunchtime Paul came up to me and said oh I'm really sorry darling he said um, I've got to go and have lunch with the royals because they want to sort out some of the rules um, so will you be okay just going in the big marquee with everybody else so I said yeah I'll be fine I don't know anyone but you know me I'll be okay anyway I went to queue up for the buffet and um, I was standing next to Sir Tom Jones and uh, I could remember my mum absolutely loving him when I was a kid and he was so friendly and lovely and then he said who are you with so I explained and that Paul was with the um, royals so he said oh well come over here with all my friends well when I went over you know it was um what was her name Lynn's not Lynn Seymour she's the ballet dancer Jane Seymour uh, that beautiful English actress uh, who's now in America and loads of other people that you know I was absolutely in aura and I hope my mouth wasn't hanging open um, but uh, you know I had a really fun time and then at the end of the day Paul ran to say goodbye to Princess Anne and say, I'm really sorry that I can't stay to the party afterwards, but I'm, it's overrun by two hours and I'm meant to be on stage in an hour um, at the Savoy along the Strand, the Savoy Hotel. Paul was doing a cabaret for a private party. So Princess Anne said, have you got somebody to drive your car back to London? And Paul said, oh, yes, I have, of course. That was Muggins, me. Um, and she said, well, hold on a minute. And she went, Edward and you know obeying elder sister Edward went yes and she said can you go and get Andrew for me so Edward ran off brought Prince Andrew back and she said to Prince Andrew have you still got the Queen's helicopter and he said yes and she said well go and get it ready you're going to fly Mr Daniels back to Windsor Castle and she said I'll phone ahead and I'll get a car ready he's got to be at the Savoy so um I waved them off on the helicopter pad with Prince Andrew piloting it and Fergie in the lounge with Paul below, where Paul, I think, did card tricks all the way to Windsor Castle. And uh, then when he got there, she'd not only just organised a car, it was the Queen's car with the Royal Standard flag on the front, you know, the stretch limo. And he got dressed in his into his tuxedo in the back of it, going along the M4. And then got to the Savoy you know and walked on stage and um, said well you won't believe where I've been and of course had a great night at the Savoy and the other funny thing about that was that when he arrived at the Savoy they went to the back entrance now if you know the Savoy Hotel there's two entrances and the back entrance is very quiet not many people use it but there were two doormen there having a chat you know nobody was around and uh, suddenly they saw the queen's standard flag come around the corner so you know jump to attention and then out got paul and he used to describe it as an out got the silly conjurer so i've been friends with the doorman of the savoy ever since that night and um, even since paul died if i'm in london i go and say hello to them and they always look after me so it's really 
fact, you know, a lovely memory. This evening, as we join the younger members of the Royal Family at Alton Towers in Staffordshire for the Grand Knockout Tournament. Spill the tea with Debbie McGee. You know you want to. I hope you have another week where you stay safe and do remember to stay inside, everybody. I know probably people listening, you're all the ones that are, but there's so many people that aren't and it's really quite scary. And let's hope that, you know, we're through this and maybe out of lockdown in another three weeks and, you know, everything crossed for that. But uh, stay safe and I'll look forward to talking to you next time on Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Spill the tea with Debbie McGee. You know you want to.